1: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Candlestick Chronicles, the 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Network. My name is Chris Biederman. I cover the 49ers for the Sacramento Bee. With me, it's Kyle Madsen of NinersWire.com of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Uh, We have a guest, a former contributor to Niners Wire, a former writer of mine. He's now at Niners Nation. It's Rob Lauder. You can find him at Rob Lauder on Twitter. Rob, what's going on, man? How you doing?
2: I'm doing fantastic, man. This energy is just infectious. Like you guys are bringing it today. I mean, my guys' second guest, like number two?
1: Yeah, we had Danny Kelly yes. on earlier this week.
2: I'm okay with that. I'm all right with number two. I mean, batting second is—you know—you're still in the top four.
3: Well, and, and it, with lineup constructions nowadays, batting second is typically the best hitter. So, right. no pressure on you,
2: right? No, yeah, <laughs> I, I can't. I'm not. I'm not the best podcast guest, but we'll we'll see how it goes.
1: You're in Mike Trout's number two hole.
2: Okay. No pressure. No pressure.
1: 400 million.
2: Caught Kyle's ew.
1: (laughs) So so today we're going to take a look. We talked, as we mentioned, with Danny Kelly of The Ringer earlier this week about all sorts of different draft topics. This podcast, we're going to take a look at specifically rounds two and three for the 49ers and, and where we think they might go. So what we did is we each came up with two different combinations of prospects for the 49ers at pick number 36 and 67 in round three. So I think we're going to head into this under the premise that the 49ers select a edge rusher, most likely Nick Bosa at number two. Um, Barring anything crazy or unforeseen, it looks like that's the direction things are shaking out at. So uh, we each came up with different combinations and Kyle, why don't you start? Why don't you start with your first pick that you think the 49ers would make in round two at 36 overall and then move on to, to your guy who you think might complement that pick at number 67 in round three?
3: Okay, so I'm going to go... Uh, both of mine, I have them going receiver then safety because I think the safety class is a little bit deeper and I think you can get a uh, a good player in the third round. There's a higher likelihood that you can get a good safety in the third round than you can get a good receiver in the third round. At least that's my line of thinking. So the first the first guy I have up is Kelvin Harmon. He went to South, Car- uh, excuse me, North Carolina State at the combine. He measured out at 6'2", 221. not very fast. He ran a 4640, but he was super productive his last two years at North Carolina State. In total, in three years, he caught one hundred and seventy seven balls for twenty six hundred yards and sixteen touchdowns. Uh, super physical. When he can't get separation, he's really good at using his body to box out defenders and he's a super big bodied guy. Uh, NFL.com's Lance Zerline actually compares him to Muhammad Sanu, who had a couple of really good years under Kyle Shanahan in Atlanta. So I think Calvin Harmon, while he's not a super explosive athlete, he's not uh, like if you if watch his tape, he's not amazing after the catch, but he does fine. And he's really, really effective in the red zone. And we talk a lot about how kyle shanahan doesn't typically want just like a big receiver you can throw it up to in the red zone you got to be effective in other areas of the field and i think kelvin Harmon over three years at north carolina state showed that he can do that while also being a dynamite red zone target he's my receiver pick
1: yeah he had a thousand yards over the last two seasons uh seven touchdowns last year um so I, i definitely think that's possible uh who's who's your third round guy
3: my third round guy uh, to pair with Harmon is Marquise Blair from Utah, and safety. I, uh, yes, a safety. Sorry, he ran a four four eight at the forty. He comes in at six one, a buck ninety five. He is. I I heard his name and just kind of started watching him a little bit because that's how my early draft stuff kind of goes. I just hear a name and, and watch him, and. I just can totally see how John Lynch would fall in love with the way this guy plays safety because he plays like he runs around on tape. Like somebody uh, said something mean about his family on the other team. And now he's taking (laughs) it out on them for 60 minutes. (laughs) And it's just, you can, and he's super athletic. I think, I think he can play both safety spots. um, And I think that versatility is good. So that that chip on his that he plays with on his shoulder and then combined with with good athleticism and versatility I think makes him a good uh, a good prospect to throw into the mix for the 49ers at safety.
1: Yeah, obviously with Jimmy Ward and and Adrian Colbert coming back, the 49ers should hardly feel comfortable with those two guys. I guess atop top of the depth chart and whether or not you want to throw Jaquasky Tart, a strong safety into that mix as well. He's played free safety a little bit before, but yeah, safety I think is an obvious need. So Rob why don't you, uh, why don't you offer up your first pairing of prospects for, for the second and third round here?
2: Okay. So my first for the second pick, be it a second round pick, it'd be number 36. I went with Hakeem Butler, wide receiver out of Ohio state. Now I have the same combinations as Kyle. I went with receiver safety for the same reasons he did. Um, I just feel like that's, it's a combination of value and need for the 49ers. They're, probably the two, if they're going edge rusher in the first round, which he kind of already established, then it's got to be either a wide receiver or a safety for me. As long as now teams, big boards, line up and stuff, you don't always just want to throw a dart at the board and take one of those positions. But, um, okay. So Butler is not, he's exactly the opposite almost of what we'd established as kind of being like a Shanahan type of receiver. I would, maybe not exactly the opposite, but his routes aren't the best. Um, he has focus drops, kind of common. Like they're, they're, you know, I think he had like 12 this year. I think we talked about that. Um, but he's an absolute freak. He's six, five, he's two twenty five. Uh, his hands are huge, 10 and three quarter inches. Uh, he's just one of those guys that I feel like somebody like Shanahan, especially now that they brought in Wes Welker as the receivers coach, a guy who can run routes with the best of them. Uh, you see a guy like that. And as a coach, you have to be able to look at somebody like that and say, I will, make them better at what I want them to be better at. You know, it's just, it's a matter of just, you need to coach someone up. And at the second round, you don't necessarily want to take a project, but when they're 6'5", 227, and they have put on tape what Butler did, I think it's worth a little bit of an effort. Like they might not be the best fit, but what he brings to the table is just ridiculous. I mean, he had a 36 inch vertical jump, which isn't mind blowing, but you can see on tape, couple that with a six foot five frame, the guy just like, bodies people all day like it's just ridiculous some of the touchdowns he's had where not only did he go up over the guy and and catch the ball but he came down on his feet threw the guy to the ground and then took off for the end zone and he ran a four four eight so he's not slow he's fast Um, people that, that are that big just typically look slow because they take such long strides but the stuff he does is just like really intimidating football stuff. Like as a defender, uh, you know, a, a sub six foot cornerback, which most of them are, it's just not something you want to have to deal with. Like the guy literally would throw guys to the ground and then run into the end zone. And it's just something that's demoralizing. And I feel like coupled with Shanahan's offense where he can scheme guys open, he can put guys in the best position to succeed. Having somebody like that, that, will be able to just jump up and over people and catch balls in the end zone is just, it's, it's valuable. And it's just, it would be pretty impressive to see what they could do with a guy like that. Um, He
1: averaged 22 yards per catch last year. Right. That's ridiculous. Which is. And, And he scored nine touchdowns.
2: Right. And it, and Iowa, Iowa state doesn't have like the, you know, they weren't blazing with, with throwing the ball down the field or anything like that. A lot of those plays, those touchdowns, he made, the hard way. Like it wasn't these easy coastings. So it's, it's pretty impressive what he's done. So, I mean, I could gush about him all day, but I, th- I feel like just having him in Shannon's Shanahan's offense would give back to a little bit towards what he had in Atlanta with Julio Jones. Now Hakeem Butler is not Julio Jones, but it's just a guy that everybody I feel like would eventually have to account for. Um, so my third round pick uh, was, uh, I think it's Juan Thornhill. I don't know how to pronounce his first name. Uh, it's won. Won. I figured that was the easy take, but I, sure. <laughs> um, and that is for the sole reason that the 49ers didn't address free safety in the, in free agency. Like I feel like everybody thought they were going to, there were some good options out there. Earl Thomas was the shoe in. I even wrote about him like he was a shoe in and I feel like with the contract he got with the Ravens, he just, they, they probably, he probably priced himself out of the 49ers. Um, but so, and, and he's, and he's, if he falls in that pick, which I'm a little doubtful, he will. Um, he's just the perfect mold for a free safety. Um, he's, he can kind of do it all. And he he's, a lot of people have talked about his versatility and whether or not he could play cornerback. I don't think he should play cornerback because he's proven that he's a good safety, but a guy who can be moved around the defense like that. We've seen how Robert Sala kind of likes how, how, to change things up. Um, I think he's had almost nine interceptions over the past two years. Let me see where he was at. I'm, getting you know, 10 interceptions over the past two years and those are all at the free safety he's got the speed to move around and be that one guy that they can rely on back there that they didn't have he ran a four-four-two, so i mean if you think about running that kind of speed starting in the middle of the field he's going to be able to get over to the edges uh to back up the cornerbacks and i feel like the 49ers have absolutely no one there worth worth hedging their bets on now i know that they like jimmy ward a lot um but that story has has been beaten like a dead horse so it's it's I feel like that needs to be where they go with the pick. If somebody like that falls to him now, like we've already said, the drafts of crap shoot, is he going to be there? I don't know. Um, I know
1: his combine was ridiculous. Right. Right. His vertical jump four
2: inch vertical jump. Like who does that?
1: Yeah. But 44 inch vert and 141 inches in the broad jump, both in the 99th percentile.
2: Right. And that's exactly Um, the type of guy you want flying in from the center of the field, going up and get in front of a pass before it even gets to the cornerback and the receiver.
1: Yeah, twenty pass breakups and nine interceptions. Uh, just a ton of ball production too. Right. So yeah, I, I definitely think he would be a possibility for uh, in round three if he's there. Right. Um, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how people view him after the combine because he's not a. He's definitely not a big guy. He's six foot, two hundred five pounds. Doesn't have long arms. Doesn't have big hands or anything like that. But just a super athletic dude with a ton of ball production right. at Virginia. So. I feel
2: like when it comes to him, they're just going to look back at the tape and see the kind of production he had. He almost had 100 tackles and you know six interceptions, seven pass breakups. It's like, it's all right there. So it's, will he last to round three? I doubt it. But I found plenty of, of kind of big boards that had him in that area. So I feel like if he falls to the 49ers right there, it's kind of a shoo-in.
3: Danny Kelly mentioned yesterday that he could envision the Seahawks trading back and taking him in the first round. And that's just the, feels like the kind of athlete that they just plug into their secondary, and he's really good no matter where right, they play. Right, that makes sense. So that I, I could I could for sure see that happening.
1: Yeah. So for my first pick, this is going to be an, uh, another receiver defensive back combo. I'm going to start with a receiver, like all three of us have so far. Um, I'm going to go a little bit different route, though. You guys both went after big, uh, big targets, sort of the the prototypical red zone type threats. I'm I'm going to go a little bit different direction. I'm going to go with Debo Samuel from South Carolina. And um, I've sort of been locked in on him since the senior bowl when you saw what he was able to do in some of those red zone clips and one on ones where he just completely, you know, dusted cornerbacks and, and got like five yards of separation just with, you know, two quick steps off the line of scrimmage. And I think. If we've learned anything from Kyle Shanahan in his two years in terms of the way he 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 evaluates receivers, it's that he's looking for those guys who can beat man-to-man coverage, beat press coverage, and gain separation off the line of scrimmage and with their cuts. And I think Samuel's one of the best route runners in this class. Um, I think he's really tough, and I think his work from the slot where he he played predominantly at in college sort of translates to what Shanahan wants from a Z receiver to, to replace Pierre Garcon. He's fearless over the middle. Um, He is a good athlete. He's not as, he's not like super athletic, um, but he did post 39 inches in the vertical jump. His four, four, eight is a little bit. I I mean, I guess it's average speed. Um, He has big hands He's 5'11", 214 pounds. He's really good after the catch, which, which is another attribute Kyle Shanahan likes from his receivers. I think um, the majority of his yards were after the catch yards. I'd have to look it up. But I just think when you talk about the the prototypical um, Kyle Shanahan receiver, it's it's – always about movement skills and route running rather than um the big physical traits so i think when you look at samuel in particular like with how he would fit as a z receiver i think he's he's kind of the perfect guy and the 49ers got a close-up view of him at the senior bowl when they coached the south team uh, that he was on so um yeah he had 592 of his 882 yards last year were after the catch um and he scored 11 touchdowns. He only had four drops all season. Um, I I just think if he stays healthy, there are some concerns about hamstring issues uh, throughout his his college career. If he stays healthy, I think he would be a really good fit for what the 49ers want to do out of that Z spot. And I know a lot of people have compared him to Pierre Garcon. And so obviously the 49ers have a void with Pierre Garcon no longer being around. I think Samuel is a guy who could come in right away and compete for snaps with Kendrick Bourne at that Z spot and probably displace him. And he has the speed um, that that Bourne might lack. They're probably similar route runners in terms of their change of direction skills. But I really like Samuel, and I think in the right system, like Kyle Shanahan's, he could be a really good player, just a guy you could probably rely on over the middle, um, more of a possession receiver than Dante Pettis, I think. I think those two, Samuel and Pettis, if they're paired together, would would work nicely to, in, in, in conjunction with one another, and I think they both fit what Kyle Shanahan wants from those respective positions. So Debo's my guy. Um, can, I, can I jump in on Debo real quick? Yeah, go for it. Just,
3: just to, to expand on something you said about him being good after the catch, he also ran the ball 25 times in college and scored seven touchdowns. Right. Uh, his, his sophomore year, he had six touchdowns on 15 carries. He also returned some kicks. He had four kick returns in 42, uh, four touchdowns on 42 kick returns, uh, an average 29 yards per return. So he's, uh, that's something that Shanahan likes as well. Uh, and a reason they like Pettis a lot, um, was, was that kind of versatility and, and what that says about them as a receiver, uh, that they can right. be effective running the ball and returning.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was one thing with, with Dante Pettis, too, coming out. He was a good return man, and and Shanahan talked about that. You can learn a, about a football player by the way he carries the ball and sort of the moves of the, that he makes, and obviously Pettis was good at that. So, um, yeah, that's why I'm going with Debo, Debo at 36. Uh, I'm going to go at pick 67 in the third round. I'm going to go cornerback, and it's uh, it's a position the 49ers have, have addressed in the third round in the last two drafts. I just think with Richard Sherman – you know, we don't know how much longer he's going to be around and you need to fortify that position and maybe create a little bit more competition um, at the back end of the depth chart now. And maybe that could spit out a really good starting caliber cornerback down the road. So I'm going to go with Isaiah Johnson of Houston, um, a, another tall, long-armed, um, sort of toolsy guy who a lot of people think is going to fit well in a cover three Seahawks style scheme. Um, he's six foot two, 208 pounds, 33 inch arms. He ran a four, four, which is one of the faster times. And there are a lot of, um, long armed corners in this, in this draft class. And I think his 40 time was one of the fastest, uh, 6.81 in the three cone that's above average, for a corner particularly of his size he's just a really good athlete i think some of the production at houston wasn't necessarily there but i think you look at just his physical tools and the 49ers did with did this with Tarverius Moore last year they're taking they would be taking a chance on the physical traits and hoping they can coach him up into something that uh, they could use potentially, you know, as a starter going forward. So I would throw as, as much as they need help at safety, I, I wouldn't ignore the cornerback position altogether, I think, um, because eventually they're going to have to replace Richard Sherman. And, and if they don't do it now, then it's going to be a little bit more difficult next year. And you have to wonder, you know, next year they might need a tackle. And, and so are they going to be able to invest in both a premium, you know, a starting corner and a tackle or are they going to address one of those positions in this draft? I think there's a possibility that that's the route that they go, just so they can get somebody in the building that they can start developing um, for you know, the the scenario when Richard Sherman steps away from the team or retires or um, gets cut. We just don't know what's going to happen beyond this season with him. So I would fortify the cornerback spot. Obviously, it's a position of value. Um, we haven't seen Akela Witherspoon or Tavarius Moore really establish themselves as surefire starters yet. So I'm going cornerback with uh, with Isaiah Johnson in round three there. So uh, Kyle, why don't you go – so so far we've gone um, – we pulled pull back the rundown. So you've gone Calvin Harmon and Marquise Blair, Kyle. Rob, you want Hakeem Butler and Juan Thornhill. I want Debo Samuel and Isaiah Johnson. So Kyle, why don't you get us back going? Go with your second pairing of uh, of second and third round prospects.
2: Sure. Before, before we get into that, I felt it necessary to mention the fact that Lance Zerline's comparison for uh, Isaiah Johnson is a
1: killer witherspoon. There you go. Yep. I didn't even Chris, see that. Nice job, Chris. so
3: proud of you, man. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'm going to start with a receiver again, and a guy that I'm not sure if he'll fall to number 36, but if he does, I feel like the Niners would have a hard time passing on him. Uh, it's Arizona State's Nikhil Harry. He uh, measured out at the combine 6'2", 228. and he just does. I, I I watched quite a bit of Arizona State this year, and I don't think there's anything Harry can't do on on the field. He's he plays faster, or at least looks faster, than the four five three that he ran. Um, he's he just finds ways to get open. He's good in the air, he's good after the catch. I wouldn't be surprised if he's the first receiver gone, but if he does fall to 36, I have a really hard time thinking the Niners pass on him because I think he's one of very few receivers in this class with like number one go to wide receiver traits. And I could absolutely see a scenario where where the forty niners take him. Uh, with the number 36 pick the last two years in 2017, he had, uh, 1,142 yards on 82 catches with eight touchdowns last year, only 73 catches in 1,088 yards, but he posted nine touchdowns. Uh, they, they had him run a little bit. Um, he didn't do a lot on, on, in the return game, but there's just, he, I, I think he's one of the most well-rounded receivers in this draft. I have a hard time believing he falls to round two. And if he does, the, the 49ers would have to scoop him up because I think they can plug him in and have him be one of their top wideouts pretty early on.
1: Really good after the catch. Really, really good. Big fan. Um, I think there are questions about his his overall route running and, and his route tree that he was asked to run at Arizona State. But I think I think just what he is as a physical pass catcher and, and what he can do after the catch, I think is certainly going to have him in that discussion for sure.
3: I have a I have a affinity for receivers who are good after the catch. Like I loved Juju Smith Schuster at USC because Mm -hmm. it's like, get that guy the ball in space and he's going to go fight some people on his way to the end zone. Like I'm into that. And I I think I think that's the type of player Nikhil Harry is.
2: I feel like like people got a little sour with Juju Smith Schuster, not sour because he went the second round, but it's. They kind of had the same, like, it's almost yeah. like they talked themselves out of him, you know, because he, he had some problems separating a little bit, but he was just such a beast that it didn't matter. And sure enough, he got into the pros and kept doing the exact same thing. I feel like Nikhil Harry would probably be the exact same way. Like, he might not be the best route runner, but he's still going to continue to succeed in the exact same ways he was succeeding
3: yeah. in college. I'm with you. Just don't that. overthink it.
1: Kyle, I know you're fired up about your next your next pick. My
3: guy. <laughs> uh, I am a big fan. Uh, this is my obviously my third round pick. And and honestly, I think I think they could they could probably get him in the fourth. Uh, but Sheldrick Redwine from the University of Miami at Florida. Did you pick yes, him? Yes, I'm a of big fan of red wine. I love uh Cabernet Sauvignon. I love a Malbec. <laughs> 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 no, uh Sheldrick Redwine. Um I I Heard about this guy, and then same thing. I I just turned on some tape of him, and just I I love the way he plays. Uh, He's super downhill. He loves to tackle. Um, I'm not exactly sure whether he fits better as a free safety or a a strong safety, but he did used to play cornerback. So I think if the Niners needed to move him down and play him in the nickel. Uh, they could, I think, if they decide to have him as a as a box safety, six foot, a buck ninety six, so he probably doesn't play in the box because he's he's not the biggest guy, but he can cover running backs, he can cover tight ends, and I think I think he has the athleticism and range to play free safety, and it may take him a year or two to kind of figure it out, uh, while they while they put him in a specific position and and let him learn, but he's super athletic, he loves to hit, and that's something that that I I really enjoy in a safety. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm i a big fan of Sheldrick Redwine. Uh, five interceptions the last two years. He had three sacks last year, uh, 10 pass breakups the last three years. He forced a couple of fumbles. I'm, I'm, he just does a lot of things really well, and I think he'll develop into a really good player.
1: All right, Rob. You went Hakeem Butler, the first. Hakeem it's Butler in. and Juan Thornhill, your first one. So
3: Real quick, I'm sorry. You guys didn't have Sheldrick Redwine takes?
1: I have not watched much Sheldrick <laughs> Red Wine. Okay, that's I fine. I think okay, my my exposure sure. my exposure to Sheldrick Red, Red Wine has been through your Twitter feed. Perfect. That's, to be that's honest. exactly what I need. Yeah. Isn't there an awesome photo of him somewhere with the with the U chain? Yeah, so like the, the turnover U their,
3: chain. Yeah, he has his turnover chain and he has a whiteboard that just says the crib on it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, Right.
3: And that's I think, what it is. I think that's just uh I think that's a phenomenal photo and
1: I'm a We fan. need more more sideline props from the 49ers agree. this year.
3: Yep. Well, will you know what next episode we're talking sideline props for the 49ers.
1: Rob That's not a, <laughs> that's actually not a bad idea. We'll write that down. I'm in. <laughs> All right Rob, your second your second pairing. Uh
2: Nasir Adderley, safety. Small school guy out of Delaware. Uh, for the exact same reasons, I went with Juan Thornhill, um, but better. He's just he's like a little bit better, so that's why you would take him in the second round instead of third. Um, he is crazy. Like watching this dude play football is so much fun. It's ridiculous. He's a freak athlete. Uh, he didn't do a whole lot of stuff at the combine. He didn't I don't work mean, out. I, I, I- Right. He didn't do the workout, but you just have to watch him play football because it's ridiculous. He, I would assume just by what I've seen, uh, he probably would have ran like in the four fours because uh, he just has ridiculous range. He's very Malik Hooker-esque, mm. if you don't mind me bringing that guy up. Again. All about Malik Hooker.
1: Um, all about it.
2: Right, right. There's plenty to be said about him. You could go back and listen to the old Niners Wire podcast. It's all <laughs> it's all recorded. It's all down there. Yeah. Um, He's just dude it's it's he's exactly what the 49ers need at free safety and he seems like a guy that would just develop into you know the the whole 10 year starter thing that you want. Um, he Plays with this super unique blend of physicality and range. Usually when you have range guys, you don't expect them to kind of come down and hit. But he's like a slot corner, uh, a perimeter corner, and a deep free safety all rolled into one. And he used to play corner, so he's got a lot of that the coverage skills and the understanding of route concepts and stuff all built into his game, which kind of leads to him being in the right place at the right time all the time. Um, He's another guy that even though I have him at the beginning of the second round, he could creep into the back end of the first round, depending on what team needs to safety. Um, He's had nine interceptions over the past two years, 10 pass breakups, uh, a high number of tackles because he's, he doesn't shy away from contact whatsoever. Uh, He just plays with that chip on his shoulder that you want to see one of the most cliche, things you could possibly say about a player but it's just you just have it's just one of those things he makes football fun especially on a defense in a position the 49ers need so badly I mean if if I was ranking the positions of importance on the 49ers defense it'd be edge rusher up top because I feel like that's kind of the way it is for almost every defense and then uh, the free safety would be the second so getting a guy like this I feel like you'd be getting two first round quality players that are immediate starters in a position of need at an area where it's not, you're you're not reaching just because it's a position of need. So um, he's my second round pick, super big fan. Um, And then I went with, for my third round pick, I went with Stanford receiver, JJ, how do you say his last name? Arcega Whiteside? Okay. Okay. I thought so. I've been picking all the Uh difficult names. Um, uh, i mean red wine isn't isn't really it's a difficult name. it's just Top-notch awesome
3: name. so elite I mean, name even
2: right it's just just great yeah um which is another guy that i chose not he just one of the things I wrote about recently when I, I wrote a, a piece about finding a receiver in every round, first four round of the draft, and it's – I'm not necessarily trying to pick big receivers. It just seems like there's a lot of bigger receivers in this draft that um, are good at the small receiver stuff. Like uh, Whiteside is – or white Whiteside. I'll just keep calling him Whiteside. It's so much easier to say. JJ, wherever we're going to go here. Um He's a super good route runner for his size. You would watch him play and the kind of catches he makes would lead you to believe that he's not a good route runner because a lot of the times Stanford would just throw him up the, the ball in the end zone. I mean, he's 6'2", 225. He's not huge. He's not Nakeem Butler huge, but he knows exactly how to use his side size. Both of his parents were professional basketball players. Um and he plays like that. He scored 14 times last year, which is pretty ridiculous, probably on the, on the high end of all the receivers in the draft. And quite a few of them, even if they weren't scores, they were just throws down the field where he would put himself in front of the defensive back and go up and catch the ball with them hanging on his back. And he didn't care. And it was super impressive. Um, I feel like the fact that he's from Stanford is going to give him that old John Lynch edge you know, they were all there. They always go to Stanford pro days. So that's not like a huge deal that they were all there. Um, Lance Shanahan and Welker, but you know, I feel like he might he might give him a little bit more of a look because he is a Stanford guy. And I feel like he's going to – he kind of has the route prowess that Shanahan's going to appreciate. He's not a bad, bad route runner whatsoever, but he also has that kind of red zone weapon possession guy, throw it up if you just need to score here type of thing. Um, that'll help out. I mean, like I said, he can still separate, and he can separate pretty quickly in the red zone. He's got quite a few of those on tape, but he's one of those guys who'll just be able to throw it up to in a bad situation and he'll come down with it.
1: Yeah, another one of those guys. I mean, I, I think I, I, I see why he fits and why, why you know, people would go for receivers who sort of complement the rest of the group. Like our Sega White side is – I know people talk about his his separation and route running maybe being underrated at this point, but – you know, like he would compliment the the rest of the 49ers receiving core because of that size and that jump ball ability. And, and we've talked a lot about them being the worst red zone offense in the league last year, getting somebody who can just win you a jump ball um, could be helpful. Although, I mean, I don't know if Kyle Shanahan's ever just going to do that, like ever just throw, you know, multiple jump balls a season. I think he mentioned at the owners meetings, like you throw fades maybe two or three times a year um so that'll be interesting to see how they approach that I I think overall with this receiver class because we've I mean we've talked so much about these bigger guys is like is Shanahan going to deviate from what he likes or um just just because you know the the 49ers have struggled in the red zone or is he going to stick to stick to his guns and try to prioritize guys who separate because there are like you guys have mentioned some intriguing guys who are just bigger and maybe go against the grain in terms of what he looks for but Uh, so with my second grouping, uh, I'm gonna go safety at pick number 36. I'm gonna go with Darnell Savage of Maryland, a free safety, um, also an elite name.
3: Really, really really
1: good name. name. Savage is a good name, particularly for his safety. Uh, super athletic dude, uh, really aggressive. He ran a 436, he has a 39 and a half inch vertical jump, 126 inch broad jump, both good numbers um i think you know the the metrics all scream that that he's a really good coverage player uh but i think if there's a knock on him he might be over aggressive at times and it might lead to missed tackles so that's probably something he would have to shore up i think he would probably be a, a near first round consensus type player if he was a really good tackler um and that's something that like i said he'll he'll have to he'll have to patch up but hey, chris 10 10 pass breakups yeah
3: in that area of the game would you say that darnell's average
1: I'm going to ignore that. <laughs> Savage had four interceptions, uh, three coming in 2018. That oh, was just brutal. Oh,
2: sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm still getting over that.
1: <laughs> Obviously, not a big dude. He's 5'10, 198 at the combine, but just somebody I think that all the reasons that we've mentioned safeties before, just a really good free safety prospect. Uh, who has sort of the intangibles, the the, the, uh, the mentality, the the tough attitude that the 49ers want to insert into the group. I think they still sort of lack the the alpha mentality in the back end of that secondary. I think they have Richard Sherman and then a bunch of sort of quiet guys. Um, I think they, they could use another vocal aggressive, um, you know, follow my lead type player. And I think Darnell Savage could be that guy. He allowed just 56% completion rate in coverage last year. No touchdowns. Uh, I think he, some people are talking about him as a possible first round prospect. I don't know. I don't know if that's true or not. I think 36 would be a good spot for him though. And and I think he would be the day one starter too. There's Much like Nassir Adderley. Would, a 60
2: first round. Prospect. Say it again. I said there's at least like 50 to 60 first round prospects, according to draft Twitter.
1: Well, according to draft Twitter, I think NFL teams probably have like 20 first round grades on average for for a lot of these guys. But I think, I think Savage is definitely somebody who could come in and start from the jump. Um, So my second guy, I'm going to go back to a receiver and somebody who, uh, might be getting overlooked a little bit. And a lot of people might be looking at his college production and say, you know, if he's such an elite prospect, why didn't he produce more? And that's Riley Ridley from Georgia. Um, you you just watch him run routes like he's a really, really good route runner. And I've seen people write that they think he's the best route runner in the class. I don't know if he's a better route runner than Debo Samuel. He might be. Um, he didn't test all that well at the combine either, but just looks like a really good player who didn't get targeted all that much. He only had 60 targets last year. Um, a lot of people think that his best football is going to be ahead of him. And and I guess the, the one thing that I would look at, and I mean, not one thing, but one area of concern maybe, he ran a 7.22 in the three cone, which is in the eighth percentile. And typically Kyle Shanahan covets dudes who you know, run 6.75 or below. I think that's right around where Dante Pettis and Trent Taylor ran uh, leading up to their drafts. But... I think Ridley is, is athletic enough. I think he's just one of those guys who, who you know isn't didn't get the most out of his college career for whatever reason, whether it was a scheme, whether it was the, the weapons around him. I saw, I saw somebody did a video breaking down his route running on YouTube and, and just talking just highlighting all the plays where he was wide open ran a great route and then the throw went, went a different direction to the other side of the field. Um, I just think Ridley is is somebody who could be maximized. I think in the third round, I think that would be a good spot for him. He's got ten and a quarter inch hands; those are obviously really big. Uh, six foot one, one hundred ninety nine pounds. He ran a four five eight in the forty, which isn't great, but I think he's he, he plays fast enough. Um, not a great vertical jump. Again, we're talking about a third round prospect, not a not a second or first round guy. But um, I just think Riley Ridley is going to be somebody who, if he goes to the right offense, where He's utilized correctly, and a team knows exactly what they're working with and the type of routes that he can run. I think he's somebody who would fit really well. And I think as a Z receiver in Kyle Shanahan's offense, I think that's that sort of qualifies. So I, I like Riley Ridley a lot, even though the production wasn't there in college, even though the testing numbers weren't there at the Combine um I think he's somebody who could be maximized and and if he does fall in the draft uh particularly if the 49ers end up going safety in round 2 I think he's probably going to be one of the best receivers available maybe in the 3rd or 4th round so Riley really is my guy to round out to round out my second group.
2: He's got a lot of nuance to his game. He's really good. Like I I I guess You know, I think if he would have had a better combine, uh, it probably would have shot him the other way. I think he'd probably be getting like a lot of like maybe early to mid second round consideration. Uh, I think that's kind of where he started the process. But I think his combine kind of soured some people. But if you just watch him, like I said, watch him play football. um, He runs really, really good routes for a dude his size. And I feel like he's a lot like Pierre Garcon in the way he plays. He's a little slower. But he's got a lot of nuance in his routes. He's good when it comes to uh, to beating people at the catch point. And yeah. I, like you said, I think Shanahan would be the one to be the type of guy that would covet what he's good at. I think obviously speed's a big factor. But if he's getting open and he's creating separation and he's doing all the things the receivers got to do, I think that's you know like like you said is is what Shanahan's going to be looking for more than more than his testing numbers.
1: Yeah, only 559 yards this last year, but he did score nine touchdowns. So if we if we're talking about guys to help improve the 49ers in the red zone, I think Ridley could potentially help their Ridley
3: feels a lot like the guy that we're going to look at in three or four years and go, how did teams miss on that guy? And we're going to go, hey, he gets open and he catches the ball like it turns out that's more important than a 40 time. Uh because right, because right. the the NFL it seems like is littered with guys like that. So yeah, I'm I, I would be down if the if the Niners do go safety in round two and they're targeting Ridley in round three. I think that'd be I think that'd be beneficial for them.
1: Yeah, and just so many people think he's the best route runner in this draft. And to me that just screams Kyle Shanahan. And like we said, if if the forty ers go with a different direction in the second round, it, it would just make a bunch of sense to target him a little bit later. Life can be stressful, but getting life insurance shouldn't be. That's why there's Ethos. Ethos is a modern kind of life insurance that's super fast, incredibly affordable, and very uncomplicated. At GetEthos.com, there are no medical exams for policies covering under a million dollars, no hours of paperwork or meetings with pushy representatives. It only takes 10 minutes to apply, and you can rest assured knowing you've taken steps to protect your family and, in most cases, with Ethos you can have that peace of mind for less than a cup of coffee a day with no hidden fees. Having life insurance can free you from stress. Getting life insurance shouldn't cause it. Discover how uncomplicated life insurance can be at ethos. Get your free instant quote and submit your complete application in minutes. Just go to getethos.com. That's E T H O S Getethos.com. ethos.com Okay. So we went through 12 prospects uh, just to recap, Rob went with Hakeem Butler and Juan Thornhill, rounds two and three, and then Nasir Adderley and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Kyle went with Kelvin Harmon, and then safety Marquise Blair of Utah, and then wide receiver Nikhil Harry from Arizona State, and Sheldrick Redwine, everyone's favorite, from the U. Uh, I went with Debo Samuel and Isaiah Johnson, a cornerback from Houston, and then Darnell Savage, the safety from Maryland, and Georgia receiver Riley Ridley. So this is just basically a thought experiment to sort of uh, flesh out some prospects that we think would make sense for the 49ers on day 2 of the draft. Um, you know, just going through different combinations and positions they might be targeting that we think they're targeting. Obviously the clear the clear theme here is they're going to they're going to get a receiver and safety most likely or at least that's what we think they should do which means they're probably going to go with like a tackle and a tight end um but i think that's it for today unless you guys got anything you want to add i have
3: one guy i want to just a name i want to bring up because it feels like we have to if we're talking safeties deontay thompson from alabama might be the best free safety prospect in the draft i know he's getting a lot of first round buzz but he didn't work out at the combine and if he somehow slips to the second round, even if the Niners were like planning on trading back, he's the kind of player. Third uh, round. He's the kind of player that, if you can get him at at thirty six, that feels like a really, really great value because he's uh, he's big and like I said, he might be the best free safety prospect in the draft.
1: Rob, you got you got anyone else you want to hit on briefly?
3: Oh man, put me on the spot.
1: You don't have to. We can bounce out of here.
2: Uh, I hear Nick Bosa is pretty good.
3: Whoa. Okay. okay. There's wow! No fire all off right. that take at the end of the
1: pod. Well, well with that bombshell, I think we got to wrap <laughs> this thing up. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening to Candlestick Chronicles on the Blue Wire Network. We will talk to you guys next week. Uh, enjoy your weekend.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?